is the Big Church Podcast. You are my champion. Giants fall when you stand undefeated. I'm going to see a victory. The battle belongs to the Lord. Peace is a promise you keep. Our nation is so divided. Christians are divided. But I'm here to tell you today, division will fall in the name of Jesus. Because we're called Christians, which everybody wants, not everybody, a lot of people want to carry the name Christian, but they don't understand what it means. It means Christ follower, Christ actor. We are to act like he acts, speak like he speaks, do what he did. We must work hard not to get divided, not to get ugly, and definitely not to cancel culture. Let me explain that. Cancel culture is a new term in the last little bit, and it means that we shun and ostracize people that have a different opinion than us. It typically happens to public figures, but in the last 68 weeks, I've been noticing that it's been happening to everybody. We're unfollowing, canceling them, unfriending people because they have a different opinion than us, even Christians. I want to tell you, I saw a post by Torin Williams that's Torin Wells, not Williams, Torin Wells. And all he did was honor the leadership. One pastor said, bye. Another pastor said, well, I've been following you and supporting and buying your music for years, but I won't do it anymore. Where have we gotten church? We have gotten so far away from the church that God has called us to be. We are hurting God's heart. And I 100% believe it's not their fault, your fault, anybody's fault. It is a spirit of division from the pits of hell. The devil has sent it and we're taking the bait. It's affecting our personal lives, it's affecting our church lives, and it's affecting our family lives. How many of you guys have families that don't agree with you and it's just gotten ugly? Ugly. So our key text this week is Philippians 2, 2, and I'm going to be reading from the Passion Translation today. So I'm asking you, my friends... That you be joined together in perfect unity. With one heart, one passion, and united in one love. Walk together with one harmonious purpose. And you will fill my heart with unabounded joy. Can we pray? Lord, we come to you today. 
looking to your word, the truth above all truth. Jesus, we want to look more like you, talk more like you, act more like you, do what you did. So today, Lord, we ask that you just bring a sobering to our minds and our heart and you search us, God, and help us be the church, the people, the Christ follower that you've called us to be. We're here for you today and you alone in Jesus' name. Well, God has called the church to be in unity, but he's also called the church to bring unity. And unity doesn't mean we always have to agree with each other. It means that we're going to honor each other and understand that we're better together. It's one mind, one heart, and one accord according to God for him and with each other. When we do that, there is nothing, nothing, nothing that can stand in the way of the church. Remember the story of the Tower of Babel? God looked down and he saw how united all of those people were. They were speaking the same language and they were strong together. But he had to confuse the language because they were so strong, because they had gotten so rebellious, because they were no longer obedient to God's word, because they were so prideful. Hello, USA. Hello, world. Genesis 11, 5 and 6 says, But the Lord came down to look at the city and the tower the people were building. Look, he said, the people are united and they all speak the same language. After this, nothing they set out to do will be impossible for them. You see, that is what we can do when we get united. We, nothing will be impossible with us and God. And today I have five steps to walk in unity and be the church that we can start today. But first, before I can jump into that, I need to bring some truth to this time of confusion we're in. The Bible says that we will know the truth and the truth will set us free. And so today, I'm hoping that God's word is going to bring freedom to fear, freedom to confusion, and freedom for you to know what the real truth is. Isaiah, and, and you know, I, I kind of argued with God all week. <laughs> Just keeping it real. I'm human. I'm not perfect. Uh, and God gave me this scripture, and I was like, yeah, that doesn't really go with this message. And every day, he would not relent. It was, okay, you got to say this. Underline this part. Da, da, da. And I'm like, ugh. Okay, so I'm doing what God said, and here's the deal. Today is a lot of scripture. Because if I give you what I think, it's an opinion. And you could disagree with me. But when I give you what God says, baby, that's between you and the Lord. I'm out of it. So Isaiah 9, 6 and 7 says, For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. 
His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all of eternity. We don't have to do it. He's got it. The passionate commitment of the Lord of heaven's armies will make it happen. So guys, we can relax. God is sovereign. He is faithful. And his word will never return void. Take it to the bank. God's goddess. It doesn't matter who the president is or the king of England or queen of England is. It does not matter. Jesus is still king. And saying that is not toxic theology. It is the truth. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever, forever and ever. Because Jesus was established long before elections, long before candidates, long before you or I, but he knew you before you were ever formed in your mother's womb. And he designed you to live in this season for such a time as this. He's looking to us to be his hands and feet right now. So who's ready for the five steps? Let's go. Step one, love people. And you guys are probably going, yeah. Love people. We know to love people. But are you doing it? Are you loving people that disagree with you? All ages, all races, all walks of life. It doesn't matter what their lifestyle is. We're going to love them. Because Jesus wants us to love. And can I just add, it doesn't matter who you vote for. I love you. And I hope it doesn't matter to you and you love me. Because that's what Christ followers do. Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven 37 says, Jesus replied, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. All? What? What? All? I don't understand all. I don't even love my family the way I'm supposed to love them. I don't love my friends the way that I'm supposed to love them. I don't love myself. How can I love this God I don't see with all my mind, all my heart, and all my soul? John 13, 34 and 35. So now I am giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I've loved you. You should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. So our love to people that we that disagree with, or we disagree with them or they disagree with us, will let people know whether we love Jesus or not. What we post on social media... I'm bringing some truth today. Now that is, it's, God told me to write it, but it's not in the word. But it is in the word because we're to love people no matter what. And can I just say, if Jesus loved Peter and Judas, even though they betrayed him and denied him, we can love people that we don't agree with. Love does not 
cancel culture. Love is unity. Love agrees to disagree. Let me give you an example. How many UK fans are there in the house? Raise them high if you're proud. Okay, okay, okay. Put them down. Raise your hand if you're a UofL fan. I love preaching when I can use this example because he's a UK fan and I'm a UofL fan. And so, um, yeah, feels good. But listen, at the end of the day, I love UofL, but I don't hate you because you don't agree with me. And that's what we've got to get back to. Just because I don't agree with you doesn't mean I hate you. Or just because something is happening doesn't mean that we hate people. Listen, love looks like something is what Heidi Baker says. And in 1 Corinthians 13, beginning in verse 4, it says, Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. Could you imagine? Listen, I know you've been a UK fan all your life, and I just am a UofL fan because you like UK. (laughs) But I don't demand my way, and neither does he. He lets me play with him like that and it keeps uh, okay it does not demand its own way it is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wronged it does not rejoice about injustice but rejoices whenever the truth wins out love never gives up never loses faith is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance Jesus' love are you. Love covers a multitude of sins. Step two, guard your heart. Proverbs 4, 23 and 24 says, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows through it. You got a wrong motive? It's going to flow through your mouth. Because it comes from your heart. You got ugly language you're spewing on everybody. It comes from your heart. So you don't need to clean up your mouth. You need to guard your heart. And when your heart is healthy, your words are going to be healthy. And when your heart's healthy, you're going to love people the way they need to be loved. And for crying out loud, you don't always have to say what's on your mind. Guilty? Anybody else? Just about 12 of us? Okay. (laughs) Listen, some of us need to go on a social media fast right now. (laughs) So that you can, step three, bite your tongue. Uh, Seriously, step three, bite your tongue. I disagree with so many people and their post, but you know what? I don't have to comment. I don't have to, I don't have to say my opinion. I am called as a pastor to teach and to train my people. So if people aren't in my flock, I don't have to tell them what the word says, but I am responsible. The Bible tells me and Pastor Rich that 
One day when we get to heaven, we will give an account and your blood is on our hands. So if we don't teach you and train you according to God's word, we're going to answer for that. I just believe that as Christians, we've got to look like Jesus. And that means that we don't unfollow people or unfriend people. And I'm not talking just social media. Like, I've seriously lost friends. I'm like, what? I don't get it. I love you. I love you. I love you. Some Christians are acting no different than the world. We're looking like hypocrites. God wants us to be salt and light in this world. And when they look at us and we don't look like him, they're not going to want what we have. Listen to James 3.10. And so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. I believe we are in a time where we have to quit looking at a social justice, man-centered worldview, and we need to get back in alignment with a biblical worldview. God should be the relevant voice in your everyday life and your decisions, not what the news is saying, not what politics are saying, not what social media is saying, none of that. God has to be where we find our source. Step four, we have to come back to the fear of God. Fear? You mean I'm supposed to be scared of God? No. Fear as in awe and reverence, knowing that he is in absolute control. Nothing about the last part of your life has caught him by surprise. Every hurt, every wound, every, every wrong decision, every sin. It did not catch God by surprise. He knew you. And you guys, I'll just tell you, I grew up scared of God in my little, uh, uh, my Baptist church in Freedom, Indiana. I grew up being at the altar. You've heard Pastor Rich say I went to the altar every week because I said a cuss word or I did this or I did that. Listen, I didn't go every week because I just got rebellious. Fingers and ears, la, 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 la. And then occasionally I would get that in my heart and I'd go to the altar. But I knew I could never measure up because truth is not all there is. There's also grace. And that's where I was missing the boat. I just thought, well, God said it, so I'm going to hell. You know, and grace, Jesus died. So when we mess up, we don't have to go there. Fear is an awe and reverence, as I said. But it's also not wanting to hurt God's heart. It is a God consciousness, and especially with our beliefs. In an interview... With Joe Rogan, Kanye West, yes, I'm quoting Kanye West in church. He said, <laughs> when you instill the fear of God, you eliminate the fear of everything else. Isn't that so true? When we look to God and his, with awe and reverence and know that he's in control, we aren't as fearful as our circum, around, about our circumstances. We wouldn't be fearing COVID because God's in control. We wouldn't be worried about what the economy is going to do. He's in control. 
We don't worry about who's in office. We don't worry about what our future looks like. We don't worry who we're going to marry one day. We don't worry about any of that because he's got us. He's got us. He's got you. We would be more concerned where we will spend an eternity instead of what's happening in our natural world right now. Proverbs 1, 7 says, fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge. Listen, baby, you can go to college and you can learn and learn and learn. But it's the fear of the Lord where the beginning of knowledge happens. And that's the true knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and discipline. As a parent, a former educator, and now a pastor, educating the next generation is one of my greatest passions. Uh, I, I love making sure that the next generation knows the truth and not what's just told to us and them. Um, Tim Keller stated, the beginning of all wisdom is the fear of the Lord, but... How do we know if we're relating to the real God? The answer is there is no real knowing of God unless we know him through his word. Otherwise, we are creating a God of our own imagination. Ouch. So the only way we can know the real God is by being in his word daily. Step five. It's so cliche, and you're probably going to roll your eyes and go, of course you're going to say that. You're a pastor. But you must pray, and you must be reading your Bible daily. Yeah, 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 we know, we know. But again, are you doing it? That's my question. You might know it, but if you're not doing it, it's not going to work in your life. You know, Pastor Rich and I are pretty guilty of going down the rabbit holes, watching the news, him more so than me. Uh, I can only do about 10 minutes, and I'm like, peace out. I got stuff to do. Uh, because it's the same over and over again. And we have also been guilty of agreeing with things that we read on, on social media and articles and podcasts and blogs. But church, we are in a season, I believe so strongly that it's time to turn off the distractions and close our ears to all of that and dig into the word. See what God is saying. For the world, for your life, for your family. Quit listening to all the other stuff. He will speak when we listen. So I believe that if we would commit to these five steps, the church and the world will become united. And there will be nothing that can stop what God wants to do. I believe the world needs us. Church, the world is looking for leadership. Why do you think it's been so divisive? They're wanting somebody to lead us in a different direction. And it is not in a candidate. It is in Jesus Christ himself. I believe it's time that we are the bridge. From the world to heaven. Second Chronicles 7.14 says, Then, if my people who are called by my name, who carry the name Christian, 
will humble themselves. Humble, like, I have to listen to other people's opinions. Humble, like, I got to keep my mouth shut. If we would humble, if they would humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from our wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and restore their land. I want America restored. I want to go back. Uh, This September 11th, I was just like, oh my gosh, I don't ever want to get to a point where something like happened there happens to get our attention. We were so united. We were so for God and and people, and that's what I want to get back to, to. Today, you have an opportunity to get in unity with the people who've given their life to Jesus. They're going to go down one way, all sin is going to be washed away, and they're going to come up brand new. They're taking the next step into water baptism, and you get to agree with them today that the best is yet to come. You get to be their cheerleaders, and you get to welcome them into the family, regardless of opinions. Welcome to the family of God. So if you are being baptized, you guys are dismissed to go get ready. And um, we'll see you in just a moment. Everyone else, I'm going to ask that you stand. And close your eyes as they dim the lights. And for the next few moments before we go into a time of invitation, I want you to search and judge yourself. The Bible says that if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. If you need to repent of anything, this altar is going to be open and our prayer team is going to be on the left and the right to pray with you. And with every eye still closed, if you've never given your life to Jesus and you want to do that today, I'm going to be counting to three. And I can tell you that you will have peace for today and peace for eternity if you give your life to the Lord. So on the count of three, one, it doesn't matter what you've done in your past. Jesus died for every single thing, everything. He died and he rose again and he wants you. Two, the Bible says that today is the day of salvation and all you have to do is believe in your heart and confess with your mouth and you can be saved. Three, right now, If your heart's beating out of your chest, raise your hand because that's the Holy Spirit and he wants a new life for you. Go ahead, raise your hand. Amen, amen. If you will, if you gave your life to Jesus, I'm gonna meet you right over on this side. It's your right and my left. We hope you enjoyed this message on the My Big Church podcast. 
We thank everyone who has given to support this ministry. To find out more about how to support financially or more about Big Church, you may visit our website, mybigchurch.com. If you live in the Louisville, Kentucky area and don't have a church home, we would love to have you as our guest at Big Church. We are located at 7209 Faganbush Lane in Louisville, and we have worship services at 945 and 1130 every Sunday. Thank you again for listening to the My Big Church Podcast.